Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, listeners, and thank you so much for joining Be Free Ministries NC Live. As always, it is a pleasure to come into your home, into your car, into your office, wherever you may be at this time. It is such a privilege to share the word of the Lord with you. And so let's take a moment to pray. God, we thank you for your goodness. God, we thank you for your mercy, for your grace. We thank you for your love towards us today. Father God, we thank you that you are God, and beside you there is none other. Hallelujah. You are the one true and living God, and we honor you. Hallelujah. We bless you. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Because you are God. Thank you. Hallelujah. We bless your holy name. We we honor you. We adore you. We extol you. We exalt you. You are so worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me worship you in the beauty of holiness. Hallelujah. We lay aside every sin and every way that's over that was so easily beset us. Hallelujah. We set our affection on you. We set our heart on you. We surrender to you right now. And pray that you will have your way in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 We bless you. We honor you. We adore you. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Because you're worthy, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're so worthy. Hallelujah. We take a minute to reference you for who you are. Hallelujah. Beside you, there is none other. Hallelujah. Beside you, there is none other. And we thank you. God, we welcome you into this place and pray that you have your way as we teach your word, as we learn from you, God. Strengthen us, bless us, heal us, deliver us. Give us exactly what we need in these few moments of learning about worship and tapping into worship and understanding worship in an even greater way. God, we thank you. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. God is a good God. He is a wonderful God, a merciful God, a kind God. And we acknowledge him as God. You know, we talked about praise last uh, Monday, and we tapped into praise and talked about praise as as an act of giving glory and celebrating God and honoring him and just rejoicing because he is God and God alone. And, and you know, praise and worship, they go together. They, they go together. That's why oftentimes in our worship services we have opening prayer. Sometimes we may have a scripture, but praise and worship is going to immediately follow in most of our worship services because it gives us an opportunity to lay aside our cares, to lay aside every weight that would so easily beset us and get our focus on the Lord. Hallelujah. Because when we come together to worship, it really is not about us. It's not about the pastor. It's not about his family or our sisters and brothers in the Lord. It's about God. It's about God. It is about God. (laughs) It is about what God wants to do for us. It's about us acknowledging God for who he is. It's all about him. You know, and so we have praise and worship again just to focus us, but we should not just wait until we get to church on Sunday morning and or Saturday afternoon. Some some churches have Saturday evening worship or 
um, Bible study or if we have services throughout the week. We don't. Ju- we should not just wait until we get to church to worship. The Lord worship should be an everyday practice that we have as sons and daughters of God. It is a lifestyle for us. Every second, every minute, every hour of the day, we should spend in worshiping God. Not so much that we're saying, God, we thank you, God, we love you, God, we, you're wonderful. Not necessarily the, the our lip service. But in our actions, our actions, our interactions should be a an act of worth, a service and worship unto the Lord. The way we treat people, the way we do our um, job, the way we um, uh, even, oh, Lord, talking about myself, be on the road, acts of worship, the way we... You know, even drive and, and, you know, whether we're speeding or hopefully we're not speeding, letting people in front of us if they need to get in front of us. Just just everyday, um, our everyday lives, as we live out our everyday lives, every act should be a worship before the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord is speaking to me as I'm speaking to you, and I thank him for it. So our everyday life is, is a worship unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. So let's get into the word. I have a kind of like last Sunday, I mean, excuse me, last uh, Monday, I have a lot of scriptures for us so that we can understand the power of worship. And I want us to understand that where praise is open for everybody, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise is for everybody. The dogs, the cats, the goldfish, the beta fish. The rabbits, you know, everybody, even creation praises God, even as the trees wave, they're praising God. So everything that has breath, that has, that's a living organism, human beings, nature, can give God praise. And I know the scriptures say breath, and I know the trees don't, don't breathe, but creation still praises the Lord. Every person should praise the Lord because God allows us to, to wake up every morning, activity of our limbs, in our right mind, we have a job, we have other luxuries in life to make this um, time on our earth comfortable. So praise is for everybody, but worship is reserved for the people of God who have confessed God as their Father, as their Lord, as their Savior. So for everyone who has accepted Jesus into their heart as their Lord and Savior, worship is for you. Worship is a time of intimacy between us and the Lord. Worship is a time where we commune with God. Worship is a time where we set ourselves aside and we allow God to speak to us and we allow God to heal us and deliver us. But it's a time that we acknowledge God and reverence him and honor him for who he is, not for anything he has done for us, not for anything he will do for us, not for anything that he's doing for us right now, but it is a time that we simply acknowledge that he is God, and beside him there is none other. So worship is an act of service to the Lord, where we acknowledge God for who he is. So worship, according to dictionary.com, a feeling in, as a noun, a feeling or a of reference and adoration for a deity. As a verb, we show reverence and adoration for a deity, okay? Honor with religious rites. And there are religious ways that we worship the Lord. Communion is a religious rite. It is an act of acknowledging 
the the um, um, the work that Jesus did on the cross for saving us of our sins, for dying on the cross, saving us of our sins, shedding His blood so that we can be free from sin and be restored back to the Father. So communion is an as a ritual or a religious rite that we do to honor God in worship. Um, washing feet. I, I have not been to a feet washing service in a very long time. But I have been to some feet washing services, and actually I taught my children how to wash feet and the importance of washing feet. And I know there are some denominations that still may wash feet today, but again, that's an act of worship, the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Even though we are, it's an act of service to other, other, others that we are, um, others of whose feet we are washing, but it's still an act of service to the Lord. It acknowledges what the woman with the alabaster box did in washing Jesus' feet with her with her tears and drying them with her hair, you know, using the ointment to, to, um, to anoint Jesus to prepare him for his work on the cross. So washing feet is another act of service, uh, but communion is the biggest, you know, act of service that we acknowledge today on a consistent basis. And so we worship God not just with religious rites or just with um, religious ritual. I hate to use the word ritual, but that's kind of, you know, ritual, a habit that we do in our church. But we worship the Lord with our body. We worship the Lord with the waving of our hands. We worship the Lord with the um, lifting of our hands. We worship the Lord with um, flags and with banners and streamers. You know, we worship the Lord with the instruments. We worship the Lord not just with our physical body, with but with instruments of worship. And I oftentimes, when I'm worshiping the Lord, especially when I'm here at my house, I walk. As I'm worshiping the Lord, I am walking and singing and lifting my hands and, and using words of adoration to the Lord. We also worship the Lord by kneeling before him, by kneeling in his presence, and also by lying, um, laying prostrate on our face before the Lord. That is one of my favorite, most favorite ways to worship the Lord. I will get a blanket out and just lay it on the floor and lay prostrate before the Lord and just, or just tell the Lord how much I love him and how much I appreciate him and how much I adore him. So there's so many different ways that we can worship the Lord, so many different acts of service by using our, our bodies and by using instruments of worship to show God just how much we appreciate him. And I want us to look at Exodus 25 um, first. I don't think I turned there. I actually went to Chronicles first. So give me just a moment and let me turn to Exodus. Forgot that I wanted us to start here first. It's Exodus 25. I have not yet put all the scriptures on our website, but I will put all the scriptures that I'll read tonight and you're hearing on our website so that you can go back and study these for yourself. Because it's, it's going to be quite a few scriptures tonight. So Exodus 5, I want us to, um, let me give you a little bit of background. So um, in the book of Exodus, we know at the beginning, um, the children of Israel are in bondage, and the Lord delivers them out of bondage through the Red Sea by parting the Red Sea for them, allowing them to cross over dry land. And so Moses is a leader of the people. It's like two point, it was over two million um, Israelites that he was leader over, and so he needed insight from the Lord. Like if you're leading two million people, you need some insight. You need some strategy from the Lord. So he went up um 
and received revelation from the Lord. He received the Ten Commandments, and he also received instruction for how the people were to worship God. The book of Exodus is about God giving Moses the um, insight and the information for how his people were to worship him. And so we get to Exodus 25. I don't even know what scripture I'm going to read first, but, but, but Exodus 25 specifically talks about the Ark of the Covenant, The Ark of the Covenant was to be built as a symbol of worship before the Lord. The priest, only the priest, were allowed to go into um, the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant would be placed um, to take sacrifices before the Lord on behalf of the people. So the priests were the only one who had the opportunity at that time during Old Testament times to enter into the holy place to worship the Lord. And he went there again on behalf of the people. So Exodus 25, I don't even think I'm going to get too much into reading Exodus 25, um, except for... Oh, I think I'm going to start with... Verse 19. So actually, verses 1 through 18 give specific direction. So the Lord told um, Moses to have the the woodworkers to carve out the Ark of the Covenant with acacia wood. And he told the people to bring gold, bring scarlet, bring all of these different um, materials so that the Ark of the Covenant could be built. So they built it with wood, but they had to overlay it with gold. And then there were rings that were attached to the Ark of the Covenant because posts need to go in. So when the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant, because at this time the temple was not built, and so the Ark of the Covenant had to be portable to move with the Israelites um, wherever God led them. So the golden rings were placed um, on the outside of the Ark of the Covenant. The rods were placed in so that when the, the people of Israel moved, when God allowed them or told them to move, they could easily carry the Ark of the Covenant, okay? Because, again, this was their place of worship. This was a symbol of the presence of the Lord. So it was one of their most important um, instruments of worship during Old Testament times. Um, I don't think I want to read any of this. Go back and read Exodus 25 for yourself. I think I want us to get into other scripture because I recognize my time is slowly dwindling. So go back and read Exodus 25. It gives you all the information about the Ark of the Covenant, again, the representation of God's um, presence with the people of Israel, and it was their most valuable and most important um, instrument of worship. And also read Exodus 26, because God gave Moses not only specific instructions in 25 for the Ark of the Covenant, but when the priests went before the Lord in worship, they had to wear their priestly garment. There were specific instructions that God gave to Moses about how the gar- the priestly garments were to be designed, were to be put together. Oh, my goodness. The, I mean, it is really detailed. Like, God was not playing because this is how he wanted worship to go forth. For him, And so he gave them those specific instructions. So read 25, Exodus 25 and 26, okay? Um, amen, amen. So let's get into the other scriptures. I think I want to read the scriptures first, and then I'll come back and talk a little bit more about worship. I'm so sorry. My cell phone is going off to remind me of some things that I need to do. So let me pull up some scripture. 
on my computer here. Got a little excited, so I was reading through the scriptures again. So Second Chronicles chapter five, thirteen through fourteen. It came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests, this is good, so that the priests, could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. So if you go back and read Second Chronicles chapter 5, it lets you know that this was the first um, worship service that they had once the temple was rebuilt. So Solomon was the one that God chose to rebuild his temple. And the temple, again, God gave very specific instructions for how his temple should be um, built and decorated on the inside because this would be their place of worship, just like our places of worship today. So God gave them specific instructions. So this is their first worship service. So Solomon ordered the priest to bring in the Ark of the Covenant. So, so the Ark of the covenant is in place the praisers have gone forth the worshipers have gone forth the priests are um, going forth in their priestly duties and the presence of the lord was so strong at that first worship service that he that 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 god's presence came in like a cloud and it was so strong and so powerful that all the priests could do was was lay out prostrate they couldn't even stand in the presence of the lord because it was so powerful and so they had to lay before the lord in reverence and acknowledgement, honor for who he is. And sometimes I have been in worship at church, and I have been on my face before the Lord. Matter of fact, just not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before, worship was so strong, worship was so powerful, I was laid out <laughs> in between the pews. You know, but, but sometimes God's presence comes on so strong and so mighty and so powerful. We can't even stand in his presence. We have to lay before him, and in our laying before him, God is healing, God is delivering, God is setting free, God is speaking to us. God has given us revelation. He's given us insight. He's given us a prophetic word. He's given us vision for what for next steps. What are, what are we to do in the next phase of our life, in the next season in our life? So there are moments where God's presence will come in so strong that we can't even stand before him. All we can do is lay out and say, God, have your way. Hallelujah. And that can happen right in your home, right in your bedroom, right in your office. You can lay before the Lord. If his, his presence can sometimes Sometimes, again, just be so strong. All you can do is just lay and just receive what it is he wants to pour in. Hallelujah. You know, if the priest, the men of God laid before him, surely we, as his sons and daughters, lay before him. Just rest. Sometimes it's just good to just lay in the presence of the Lord. And sometimes when we worship the Lord, we don't have to say a word. There have been times especially when I was in my apartment that I would, because I had carpet in, and, boy, I would just lay out in the floor and just listen to the Lord, just be quiet. Sometimes I would not even say a word, and I would just hear the Lord and just listen to him and just spend time with him, just in my floor, just enjoying the Lord. And so sometimes we just need to lay out and just soak in God, just soak in his beauty, soak in his, his wonderfulness, you know, soak in his majesty, soak in his holiness. So this is what 
Elder Priest did um, during this first worship service after the temple was rebuilt. Okay, I'm going to keep reading because I can stay there for a few more minutes, but we need to get all these scriptures in. So Psalm 29, verse 1 and 2, Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let me explain something to us. When we come before a holy God, when we come before his presence, when we come in and enter into worship, we can't come any kind of way. That's why God gave Moses specific instructions for the Ark of the Covenant for the priests. That's why God gave specific instructions to Solomon so that the temple could be rebuilt the way God wanted it to be built because there was a specific way he wanted worship to happen. And so we can't come into the presence of the Lord any kind of way. We can't come in with an attitude. We can't come in with pride. We can't come in with saying, God, I need, I need, I won't, I won't know. It is a time where we surrender ourselves, where we humble ourselves, and we come before his presence, and we come before the beauty of his holiness because he's a holy God, and holiness cannot tolerate junk and gunk and sin. So we have to come, and if we have experienced some sin if and we want to come into the presence of the Lord, we need to repent. We need to ask the Lord to forgive us for whatever that sin was so that we can come into him and come into his presence with your pure heart, with a clean heart, and worship him in the beauty of his holiness. Hallelujah. God is a beautiful God, and his holiness without spot or blemish, his holiness is beautiful, it's glorious, it's his essence, it's his shine. Amen. So we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Psalm 95, verse 1 through 6, oh, come, let us Sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand, in his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. I love Love this scripture because it is honoring God and reverencing Him as a King, as the Creator, as the former of this world. <laughs> Is acknowledging God as creator and the one who formed this world. Amen. He is our king, the king above all kings, the God above all gods. And we come before his presence. We bow down and we worship him, acknowledging him as creator, as our king, as our Lord, as our maker. Hallelujah. Psalm 96, 8 and 9 says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Sometimes when we come before the Lord to worship, we need to bring an offering before him. So let's backtrack to the Old Testament. Old Testament times when they came to worship, they brought an offering before the Lord. Some depending on their financial status, sometimes it was a, and depending on what type of offering it was because there was different type of offerings and maybe I'll teach on different types of offering, the sin offering, the burnt offering, there were different types of offerings that the people brought before the Lord in their um, worship service, but they would bring a turtle dove or um, 
or a ram or a goat, and there were specific instructions for how they brought those animals to the Lord then. So they worshiped the animal or they worshiped God with animals during the Old Testament times. But thank God Jesus came. He was a sacrificial lamb. So now we worship the Lord with our heart. We worship the Lord with our hands, with our feet, with our with our tongue by offering praise to the Lord or by offering words of adoration and words of worship before him. We use instruments to worship the Lord. We mentioned that earlier. So we use ourselves now as an offering to the Lord. And sometimes God does want us to bring a specific offering before him. And you would have to ask the Lord, God, what offering should I bring to you today? What should what service, what offering should I render to you today? So sometimes God has a requirement for us in worship and it's up to us to know, well God, what are you requiring of me in worship today? Sometimes it's not always an offering that need that God needs. Sometimes he just wants an offering of our heart. Sometimes he just wants an offering of our lips. Sometimes he just wants an offering of our hands. But there may be a more personal, more intimate offering that's just between you and him that he is um, calling you to bring as you worship him. Amen. So we need to be attentive to God's ear to make sure that we are coming in, coming into worship in the way that he desires us to, especially if God is requiring something specific. Amen. And again, there are times where God requires specific offerings in worship. So just have your ear to the Lord's mouth so that you know exactly what he is requiring of you. Because sometimes in worship, an exchange needs to take place. Sometimes God will take your fear, take your doubt or your worry, and exchange it for his peace, and exchange it for a another level of faith or exchange it for trusting him just for a little bit oh oh, for grace to trust you more just a little bit more in the area of trust lord sometimes that's the offering that god wants us to bring uh, our our uh, inadequacies so that he can give us an adequate uh, so he can make us adequate in him and so his grace can be sufficient in him so sometimes that could be the offering that god is requiring okay so again listen to the lord for that because i don't have your, I don't have the offering God wants you to bring, only you and him. That's between you and him. Only you and him know that. Amen. Amen. So Psalm 99 and 5, exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. Hallelujah. Matthew 4, 9 and 10, and saith unto him, this is Jesus. All the, Well, this is Satan talking and then Jesus is going to talk. Uh, so this is what Satan is saying to Jesus after he was tempted. All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Now the devil, Satan, was telling Jesus, I'll give you all of this if you fall down and worship me. That sounds crazy for the enemy, for Satan to say that to, to Jesus, right? But this is what Jesus um, says back to him. Then Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Let me tell you something. God is a jealous God. <laughs> he will have no other gods before him, and he is not going to tolerate us worshiping anything or anyone but him. And I know people who have worshipped their jobs or worshipped their car or worshipped their money or worship their their other luxury items but god is a jealous god and he will have no other gods before him and so it is uh, it, it is for us to worship him and him alone okay i'm john 4 23 and 24 but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father's 
seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, verse 24, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Again, we can't just come to the Lord any kind of way. We have to come uh, to him in spirit and in truth with the Holy Ghost spirit, 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 Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, the spirit of the Lord that dwells within us. We come to him in spirit and in truth. Again, not in sin, not in deception, but we come to him laying ourselves before him, surrendering ourselves before him, being our truthful selves, um, Negativity and all, we come before the Lord in spirit and in truth, just laying ourselves out to him and, again, allowing that even exchange of us giving ourselves to the Lord and the Lord putting that heart of who he is within us so that we can not only be who God has called us to be, but so we'll learn how to treat people right and and talk to people right and interact with people to encourage them and build them up. All of that, all of that um, even exchange, you know, us giving ourselves up and taking in more of God can happen during worship. Amen. So we worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Uh, Romans 12 and 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Again, we present our bodies in worship before the Lord. Because worship is a time to come together at church and worship the Lord. It's not just a time that we worship here at home, but we have to, we must live a life of worship before the Lord, a life of service before him, a life of honoring him and reverencing him for who he is. Amen. Hebrews 12 and 29 it simply says, for God is a consuming fire. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my worship here in my house, in worship, God, um, I can tell when God is like uh, like like um surgery is the best way that I can describe it like where God is performing a surgery surgery on me when God is taking out doubt and and worry and fear and he's replacing it with him with his love and his peace and his joy and his um you know um strengthening my faith so that I can trust him better I know now I haven't had God perform a surgery on me in, in a while because I've been Thankfully, I've been pretty good about staying, uh, remaining in faith and remaining um, in in my walk with the Lord as far as trusting him and depending on him and relying on him. But there are moments that I face things in life where I, it makes me afraid. There are moments in life that I that a little worried. Um, sometimes I get discouraged. But when I go into worship, I can believe that the Lord is going to strengthen me and the Lord is going to infuse within me his His faith and his, and his um, grace and his mercy and everything that I need so that when I get up off that floor or when I finish my walk-in <laughs> in worshiping him, I know a change has taken place within me. So God is, and sometimes that fire comes within to burn up our impurities, to burn up our insecurities, to burn up our doubt, to even burn up any sickness that might be in our bodies, to burn up those things that are not pleasing to the Lord that is that are within us so that we can um, go forth and live our life in a pleasing way before the Lord. So God is a consuming fire, and sometimes that fire is revealed in worship. One more scripture I'm going to read for us, and it's Revelation chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. And this, this is, <laughs> I like this scripture because it talks about the worship that takes place in heaven. 
And so, and the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the, ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. I want us to remember that worship is intimacy. Worship is about us building and maintaining our relationship with the Lord. It is a time that we set aside to commune with the Lord. And worship is just between us and God. It has nothing to do with anybody else. It's it's that intimate place between just you and God. You know how... Um, a husband and a wife, they share intimate moments that's just between them two. That's how it is with our intimacy with the Lord. It's just those intimate moments just between us and the Lord. Sometimes God whispers in our ear. In worship, I've heard the Lord call me sweetheart, which was so special to me that he called me sweetheart in worship. And so, and so that probably sounds crazy to you that the Lord would say that, but it was perfect for me. It, it, God knew exactly what I needed, and I believe that my relationship with the Lord is such that he can call me sweetheart. And so, so again, it's just a time where you're communing with the Lord, you're enjoying being in his presence. He is enjoying being in your presence because just as you're um, enjoying God, he's enjoying you in worship, you know. And sometimes when we worship, we are sharing words of adoration to the Lord. God, I love you. Lord, you're so beautiful. Lord, you're so wonderful. God, I, I appreciate you. God, you're just excellent in all your ways. You know, we are using our words to express our appreciation to God. But as I mentioned earlier, sometimes we don't even need to say a word. It's just like having uh, time with your best friend. You're just in their presence, and sometimes words aren't needed. I have a friend that sometimes, and I've noticed it lately, her and I are talking, you know, we talk, when we talk, we talk for at least an hour. Like, we always just have things to say, even if we talk to each other just like two days ago, we can still be on the phone for like another hour, you know, and so sometimes we there are moments that we're not talking. Like we can be on the phone for 10 minutes and neither of us are, have said a word. And then we'll start up another conversation and then we go for another 15, 20, 30 minutes. And I like that because sometimes words aren't needed. Sometimes just quietly receiving what you need from the Lord and quietly um a communing with the Lord is all that's needed. So don't think that you have to fill worship time with words. Sometimes just be quiet and just receive from the Lord and just share in those intimate moments with him. Amen. So worship is intimacy. Worship is a lifestyle. We should definitely live out worship in every aspect of our lives. Amen. Amen. I'm going to stop there. Um I'm going to make sure that I put all of these scriptures 
on the Free Ministries website so that you can have them to go back. And I just encourage you to go back and study these scriptures. Go back and let these words, the word of God, soak within you so that you can enjoy worship in an even greater way. And if you haven't been experiencing worship, today is a great time to just sit with the Lord. Just start with two minutes or five minutes to just sit in the presence of the Lord and just Spend time with him and enjoy him. You know, just like we spend time with our um, significant other and with our children, with our family members, with our friends, and it helps us maintain our relationship with the Lord, that's what worship does, or one aspect of worship. It is us building and maintaining our relationship with the Lord. That way the enemy can't easily come in and try to bring a wedge or um or strife or disunity between us and God because, no, our relationship, like the young folks, our relationship is tight. <laughs> our relationship with God is so tight that nobody can penetrate, you know, nothing can breach our relationship with the Lord. So intimacy does that. It draws us closer to the Lord and the Lord close, closer to us. Amen. Amen. So thank you for joining me tonight. We'll be back uh, next Monday at 630 for another tap-in teaching. I don't know exactly what we're teaching, but the Lord will give it to me and we will go forth. Amen. Amen. Join us for prayer at 7.30. We are praying um, on at or at telephone number 641-715-0861, access code 675-021. We look forward to praying with you. We've been praying for the country. We've been praying for President Trump. We've been praying for what's going on in different parts of the country. So join us. Join your faith with ours at 730 so we can bombard heaven and making sure that people are covered, that our family is covered, other people in the world are covered, people that are experiencing um, heartache and, 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 and bad times or natural disasters, that they are covered. So join us at 730. If you want to know more about the ministry, visit our website at BeFreeMinistriesNC.Weebly.com. If you have a praise report or a prayer request or a prophetic word you'd like to share with us, email us at BeFreeMinistriesNC.Outlook.com. We do have an event coming up in October. I'm still planning that, but I will let you know once the details roll out so that you can join us for our pocketbook exchange in October. Actually, October 13th, but stay tuned for details. Amen. Amen. Oh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash NC. And look, if nobody has told you that they love you today, I love you. We at Be Free Ministries, we love you. This is Be Free Ministries signing off. <laughs>